One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wait there. A grain, alright. A grain, alright. You want to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping bite of Munster. Hi, folks. How are you doing? Great, Dale. Hi, Dale. 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 Good to see. Good to see you all after the break. You're, you're all looking well. Um, with TJ America, uh, delighted to be joined by Ken. How are things, Ken? Great, great, Dale. Great coming into the business, into the championships now. Yeah, ready for yeah there was no point. There was no point in us coming on talking about first rounds or or back doors and stuff like that. Like you know, uh, something I'll actually want to talk about a bit later is the kind of dis- discrepancies between championships being finished. We consider how long the Wexford final is over and and how that would board for the referees in a. In a Leinster club scenario, it's it's silly, really, isn't it? That we we we've some, but anyway, we talk about that. Um, good to see. Do you enjoy the break? You did absolutely refreshed, yeah. fully refreshed. TJ, you, were looking, you were looking very well at half time there yesterday, TJ. You were, I made a point in the, in today's paper that Kieran looked like a man that could have tugged out in the county final. But you weren't too I far saw, off yourself, I'll have to say. I, like I saw him jumping the gate, right? Jay, he's still physically. But yeah, we had we had a twenty-five year remembrance of the year nineteen ninety-six win the Munster Championship and unfortunately losing the All Ireland. So uh, all the lads practically we had them all there and we went for one or two after the game to catch up and a few old stories there, you know yourself, yeah. Uh what was the story, TJ? Where where would you have turned to now after one like that like? Uh Patsy Nicholas's uh Patsy up, Nicholas. up the road. And, and in fairness to Patsy, he looked after us well, yeah. So we kind of uh, we we arrived down there and right in the middle of Liverpool and United, Marco. I sure it was great stuff. And full voice, and you know, and I just I think I arrived in just as Pogba was getting his red card. So uh, yeah, so, that was only the league, TJ. That's only the league. That's only the league. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's only the league. Yeah, yeah. They won the Champions yeah. League. Mark, Mark, are you standing by your manager? Yeah. He's under fair pressure now, Dale, this week, I can tell you. That was a bad one. That was a bad one. Bad one. I, I, First time. Was it David Moyes that the boot after the last one? I think so. I'd say he's on he's on the he's on the exit player now, Dale, I would say something. Isn't it interesting though? You know, I know he was a very popular player and he comes across as a really nice guy, but like even Gary Neville was still not calling for his head yesterday, like, you know, and you know, you'd carry yeah. her you know, I was only watching it when I came up from work last night, but um, Carragher, like a Liverpool man who was in his interest, I'd say to, to leave him at the wheel, saying, Look, he's not going to do the job, like get rid of him. And, and, and Neville, and, and Ryan Keane wasn't on yesterday, no, and Ryan's inclined to back him as well, like, isn't he? 
Yeah. He is Roy always back him to be fair. And um, but it was very hard when a fella that you have played with and soldiered with for ten or fifteen years and then takes over the manager's position like and, and then they're on such a bad run at the moment, like it must be very hard for those lads to commentate and a good friends I would say as well, you know. And and Sanskir definitely is a nice fella, like, you know. Mark, it doesn't it doesn't really bother you uh, on here, like if you need to call it out, you you're not slow about calling it out like <laughs> Has he got to go, Mark? Yeah, I probably think so. Yeah, absolutely. He's got to go, unfortunately. We'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about it in a while in the hurling context, but like the Premiership is very manager-orientated. He, he gets the credit and he gets the blame. And I think we might be heading a small bit that way in GAA, maybe. Yeah, it does soften the blow to TJ when they're probably United will probably write a cheque for £5 million for them, like, you know, to... Some PR money, like you know, exactly. Yeah, was that really at that level, though, that level money doesn't matter, lads, because they're all millionaires anyway. It's yeah. the pride, it's the pride, yeah. the pride. Yeah. They still want to win, and that's why, that's why they're at the at the helm. There, he wants to win. He wants to win with Man United, or you know, what I mean. So, from that perspective, I think like money for Solskjaer, the sort of guy he is. In fairness to the chap, he's he's he hasn't made anyway. So at the end of the day, his managerial career is going to go down to Swanee. Mm. It's as simple as that. I still mm. think that Ken, if I got five million, it would help with my heart pride. <laughs> yeah, but what's he worth? What's he worth like? Like you see, Steve Bruce, there's I think it's eight million. Yeah, and like Bruce, he looks so shook, doesn't he? He looks stressed out totally. You know what I mean? From, you go to Barbados now for three months, Ken. The poor old divot. Is there any chipper? Is there any chippers in Barbados? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say he liked your lifestyle in Newcastle, all right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. Fair is they let him, let him manage for his thousand game and then give him the bullets. It's a fair achievement, isn't it? A thousand games as a manager. Uh, I'd like a championship or premier level, like a fair thing, you know? Some going. He never got the job where he kind of had money, really, did he? And now, ironically, now that they have money, he gets the bullet. <laughs> you know? But, uh, Anyway, let's back to I, that's our premiership rant over for another day. Mark, you were always going to get the dig off, off Mr. Ryan on, on that one today. You're United as well, Ken, are you? I, I remember when Dennis Law backheeled in for relegation for United in 73. I was listening to oh, the radio. So there you are. That's how long I'm there. Okay. I didn't jump on the bandwagon like Mark saw when Ferguson took over. So <laughs> well, I, I was there when Ferguson came from Edinburgh and Mark, you, but Jesus. Brian McClare and Mark Hughes bailed him out once or twice. I can tell you, because he was Mark, he was at the Mark exit Robert. door as well. Mark Robbins, yeah. I remember being right. I remember being yeah. out for one of one of my first Ford Super Sundays. You remember that when when only the Pope had Sky, and uh, it was a cup quarter final. I think it might be BBC even, but we know BBC at home anyway. We we barely had one and two, but uh, been out for that. And Robbins got a late goal and kind of saved Ferguson's job. I think at the time, like you know, the rest is history, as I say. TJ. Um, to kick back to the hurling, um, not a great county final, I say. Just you know, county finals like Limerick are the best team in the country by a nice bit. We all acknowledge, but the county finals are always different than that, aren't they? They're they're more you know, it's club stuff and um, poor enough first half. I thought great third quarter, then really enjoyed that. Uh, but the Belbeck, uh, Tony Considine's love affair with the Limerick Championship goes on like fourth championship, I think now. Yeah, um, clear, clear guys have a fair old record in that uh, Limerick Championship, haven't they? Massive, yeah, because Sparrow has 4 1 as well. Sparrow won 3 with a day, only one woman came out. Like, so Tony joins yeah. him there 
was kind of the Sean Stack. The Sean Stack four as well, is he? No, well, he has four now, but he has one definitely, not two with Nipirsi. Jim Fall has is one it? with Nipirsi. Yeah, yeah, it's just just plenty clear for us. But good championship overall, Dale. I would say we had the best four teams in the semi-finals in Dune and Nipirsig, Malik and Patrick Swell. Um, Nipirsig obviously wrote two cases and they had a couple of other injuries. They probably were the maybe the most team affected, but you couldn't dispute uh, Kimalik's drive. A couple of teams nearly had him beat. Billy Brown had him under rack. Yeah. So Liberties had him under no, rack. They, they, they had to go to extra time, but. You'd have to say at the end of the game yesterday they were deserving winners and you know they, they put in a mighty performance and what you said there about Cooper and family and uh, and the Kamalak history everything came out yesterday with Hulahan's Mike Hulahan's son Michal taking the freeze and playing very well and Clacky's young fella coming off the bench and finishing with those two scores Connor uh, so yeah just a mighty day for Kamalak and you know in county finals you need your big boys your chip leaders to perform. And in fairness to the old stages like Paddy O'Brien and Gavin O'Mahony, they won't like me calling them old stages. And Philip O'Loughlin, yeah. they were very good. But Jesus Graham was just had one of those days where he was unmarkable. And uh, unmarkable. He, really, he really carried the can. He scored seven points from play. He was involved in everything good. And just everything clicked for them. And Paris Will had no answer to him yesterday. He, he was unbelievable. Obviously, he got man of the match. And uh, I suppose, look, when Oshin O'Reilly got that goal in the last quarter, that nailed it for them. Like Paris Will laid 16-15 at second water break at the water so yeah. yeah the game was in the melting pot but you'd have to say that the last quarter just completely came out took over and ran out 124-19 as I said just deserving winners everything went right from the finishing yeah as I said Tony Considine like unbelievable stuff like, and, like strangely enough at, at the semi-final stage they would have been the outsiders of four yeah do you know that, yeah. that, that's what he did so and, and, and they came and pulled it off they have a great tradition and I don't I'm not sure but I think they have just a brilliant record against Patrick's Will in finals I, I, I'm not sure the exact stat but someone told me that Patrick's Will haven't beaten Kamalak in the final maybe one I did I don't know Christy O'Connor had an article on it on, on Saturday I thought maybe one yeah. might have been a one Kamalak had beaten him in four up to yesterday so I think that was the fifth one so yeah obviously that's, that's... Hello. I will yes, say this in fairness I was talking to the Tej man there about three or four weeks ago, and he did put me right. He said, Mark, I have a small fancy for Kilmanock. He said, they're 92. I wouldn't put you off him now. They're playing the Pearshig, but there was a strong world in the Pearshig. Hadn't a full team. And then the man on the ground said, Kilmanock of the crowd, he said, they're fierce value at 92. Yeah, so, and even without, I don't know if you saw it, Ken. I, I don't know if you saw any of it. It was on, it was on TG Carr, but you could have been caught up in club stuff, were you? Yeah, I was, yeah. Okay. So okay. I didn't well, see I just saying... saw the highlights there. I saw Oshina Riley's goal now. Uh, yeah. that, that took a bit of bottling determination to head for the goals. Like there was a lot of work in putting away that goal, and he showed that type of grit and bottle that you need heading heading for the net and not, not turning back. You know, a brilliant goal. Yeah, and, and can like Oshin Riley find one the not he won the quickest players in the country, never mind Limerick. Um and he kinda maybe threatens sometimes to do more than then what he delivers. He fumbles a bit of ball and I had him as a minor now. Great, great lad, lovely lad. Um, and it didn't look like it was happening for him, TJ. They started him centre on Burnsy and he, he got on a lot of ball. He set up the first three scores and then he faded out of it. They put him wing, they put him corner and ironically, I suppose Johnny O'Brien was lucky enough to survive till half time, TJ. He was. He, he took him down at one stage and he, and he was bearing down on goal, Oshin. And then Shawnee thundered into the match in the second half, when, when that third quarter, when Kamala, when the well looked defiant, 
trying to touch on your brain was the main men back there. Like, came out with ball after ball. And then Oshin grabs this one ball and a shiny's on a yellow and a half at this stage. Like, and he just lets fly because he's not going to catch him. And double whammy then. As the goal goes in, you're down four. Shawnee gets a red and it's really, it's game over then. Game over. No way would you have said at the last water break someone is going to win this match by eight points. You couldn't no. see it, TJ. You couldn't foresee it because no. it, was, it was tit for tat all the way through. And even actually, like, Patrick Swell were two down at half time and they led three in the third quarter. And you even thought at that stage they looked like the team more likely to kick on. But she's Kamalak responded really, really well. Like, but to go back to Oshin O'Reilly, they like he was one of those forwards that you kind of excites the place. You'd love to have him as a mm-hmm. forward. He's electric. He's looking to make things happen all the time. And I would agree with you. He didn't have his best game. He was brilliant in the previous two games with Kamalak. He was really kind of. Kind of yeah, leading from the centre forward position, but um, yeah, he was dangerous all day. They probably looked more likely to get the goal. They were kind of creating a bit more space, and they were dangerous the whole time. So, but yeah, good forward, and I I, I was very impressed with Robbie Handy in the middle of the field as well, Dillo. He's oh, superb. Yeah, superb. He's a kind of he's a kind of fellow now. I'd say that could threaten maybe a, a first fifteen place for, for the year coming. Like he was he was really good in the middle of the field. Just he was his pace probably. Maybe really hit me in the face yesterday. Like he was just covering some amount of ground very quickly. Yeah, last, last quarter, TJ, like as you rightly said, and Graham was the man of the match, seven from play. He was brilliant. Like he rolled back to yours. And, and I thought Party the great game. And, and, and uh, you know, um, Gavin was threatening, even though Nigel Foley probably got on. It was a fair battle between the two of them. Like there was plenty of ash being, being worn. But Robbie Henley took over the match. I mean, they won midfield. You know, two county players midfield. I didn't think. The interesting thing, TJ, for me is, I don't know if you heard anything coming into it, but Keane obviously got treatment and he's like, Keane couldn't get into the game at all, Keane One lovely yeah. flick in the first half, but all the young lads, this was the usual flick back into the hand and one great catch. But well marshaled by Kieran O'Connor and, and just, now I don't know, was he injured? But when you have the best hurler in the country, probably, and you can't get him involved really in a county final, it's a huge, huge knockback, like, yeah, and, and, and I don't know um, about his injury or what story is, but at a couple of stages during the game, he did seem to be holding his right leg. So yeah. it looked like if there was something wrong with him, right? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say maybe secretly, I'd say John Kyle might be happy with the likes of Keane and then maybe that he can just put him away now and wrap him up for a couple of months and sort you know I mean get yeah. get whatever he needs to get done done. It might be a good result for him, but yeah, it was unusual. I haven't seen him that ineffective in a game nearly ever. Like Keane, usually on big days. He usually is the main man, but you just like just couldn't get him in the in the game at all, and maybe couldn't get a good supply of ball to Galand in either, you know. So yeah. they, they, they struggled, they struggled for scores even at half time. I think Patrick Will only had two points in play on the board. Like given the forward line that they had, the O'Briens and like Patrick Kirby and the two Galands, you would have expected nearly more from them. Like, but it just wasn't happening mm. for him. But look, maybe you've got to give credit to the to Kamal fellas. They brought yeah. that. T- Defending, you know, I mean, they defended as a group and there's some fine, big, strong players. And that Tony Considine county final effect about bringing war in the day, you know, that really, really came to the fore. Like, and you know, I mean, they were up for it all year long. Yeah, so just to finish on it, and, and, and they look forward to the Cork champions, and we move on to that now in a sec. But, um, no, what I thought was like, it's unusual. Like, we often had we had six on the Clare panel in '95, we still couldn't win the championship in Clare. And we three starters, but they have possibly three of the greatest players in the country. They'd probably be on the best 15 you'd pick in Ireland at the moment in Burnsy, 
Kean and 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 Aaron Gillan. And it, it, it's on, it's you save your three like that to be nearly a penalty kick, but then what what you just coming away driving home yesterday stuck in traffic there out in that Woody's car park. But um, I was saying like Kilmallock had more they got, like the O'Loughlin brothers, fellas like maybe David Wolf, um, um, lads like that Dan Jai, uh, Liam English even and. They had more legs, maybe, that are the kind of guys that get county finals won. Do you know? Yeah. Steady, yeah. good big day performance. Because that's their big day. They're not going to appear in the Ireland final, maybe at club level, and they have been in one lately enough, I suppose, with Farrow. But um, they don't know. they're not going to play for Limerick, probably. Some maybe might defy that, maybe some of the younger fellas. But they had more, like the two Lachlans had great battles with the two Galans. And probably, maybe, although the Galans had great moments, and Aaron, like, um, Hennessy made a brilliant save from Aaron in the first half and then he hit the post yeah. with a fantastic flick. So That's it just right. didn't really happen for him. But the two Lachlans were very manful in the jobs that Tony Constantine gave him to do. He did, yeah. And I think, actually, speaking of the Lachlans, I think Paddy's back home as well now, right? So I'd say they might be looking to see could they get him back involved for maybe a Munster campaign. It would be, it'd be some addition. But I will agree with you. All those players around the pitch that work rate, two wing forwards, David Wolf and Michal Hulahan, I thought their work rate, their intelligence, and like they were just all around the pitch, as you said, guys, they were doing a job and and, and, and they were very driven. Um, I was impressed with Michal Hulahan too. His free taker was very good. I think very, good. Left points, very good. Very good, I suppose maybe the pressure of being Mike's son and all that, kind of just being able to roll back the old years as well for him. Like he's been around a while, Michal, but I thought he was very effective this championship for Kamala because I really led there for the half hour and getting scores every day. And I think that um, they refer to him as uh, as Copper. Do you know the way um, the father, Mike, was Iron, Iron Mike? Well, they referred, they referred to Michal, the son, as, as, as Copper Mike, right? And I think the reason for it is that the young fella is hard as well, right? But he's not as hard as Mike <laughs> Iron Mike. <laughs> TJ, TJ, when his name was called out and he came out to wave, in the, even though I was up in the high up press box, I still got the willy nillies. Did you? <laughs> I, I tell you, I used to prefer being back in the corner in my early days when Mike was midfield. I was too near him when I came out wing back. <laughs> he, was, yeah. he was raw hard by Mike Hulahan. He was, he he was, was raw hard. And he, he was actually in front of me at the match. Yeah, he, he was in front of me. He was he was passionate about some of the refereeing calls there once or twice as well. Like so, I thought yeah. you were going to nearly see him on the field at one stage. Yeah, but yeah, no, great. And I said the family occasion, the club. That's what it's all about, and the tradition lives on. And you know, with those two young fellas now, Kamalik have the next chapter to look forward to. So it's just amazing the way Actually. it goes around. I think Graham, um, in his speech afterwards, he re- referenced those guys and how much it meant to him when he was growing up to be seeing those guys playing well for Kamalak and playing Munster Club and all that. like So it's just amazing the effect and it's kind of rolling on again. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Just some, I'm not going to knock on referees straight away, no less, the whole country be giving out about us. But you know something? It was just yesterday, I watched you, Mark. Well, I could hear you. And we could see you as well with your cool more jacket, Marco. A couple of lads on Twitter <laughs> were wondering, um, were you looking for a service for the... The Queen, the Queen, uh, from one of the Coolmore with the cool everyone else had co-op stores jackets on them, but you cool more. But that's that's a that's a measure of where you've gone in life, I suppose. But look, no, uh, what? what well, I, I tell you now, if, if the Queen wins the if the Queen wins the black type rush is going for next Saturday, I would definitely be looking for a cover. Yes, well, tip, you know. Yeah, at least we know she's going this time. You know, the last time you didn't even <laughs> give us the heads up that she was running, and the next thing. TJ said, well done, on, on the WhatsApp page. And I said, 
well done. I put out my two hands with that emoji, fella. Do you know how the it comes out like this? <laughs> like, huh? You were on following up the... I know, but no time. Oh, yeah, but she, you uh, lost faith. She got done over a mile and a half. Like, in the dark, and you were on, you went out criticising, and then so only the poor old faithful stuck with her. I, I did get a few thumbs up from fellas now as well, and the cash signs and their emojis, like, you know? So, yeah, you have to stick with it, you know? She she went out, she returned at seventy two mark, so there was a good lot of lads uh knew knew what she what she were asked, but uh just went under the radar. I just just thought you might have said, Les the old queen is going tomorrow there, she's in good order. <laughs> well anyway, look, you was tipped off now for Saturday anyway. Where is it? where are we Saturday? Oh you going look at the paper. Uh, where is she going to be running? Dundalk again. No. Across the pond. Oh, Jesus, are we all? We're going to take a man by. I'll be bringing the tricolour with me. Jesus, are we? We all go, TJ. We. Where's that, Marco? Well, be you could wrap it. No, it's my eleventh. It's my eleventh uh, winning anniversary as well. So we said, Jack and the kids are heading over on Thursday. We'll make a weekend of it, and they're on. They're on holidays as well. There's a mayor's listed hurdle in Willoughby. Yeah. And uh, Paisley Park is actually making us come back as well that day. I met him in Lavelle last Wednesday in England, and uh, she said Paisley Park is going that day as well. So it'll be a big day to win Willoughby, you know? Good stuff, good stuff. Where's Weatherby Mark in relation to the map of England? Right in the middle. Right in the middle. You're flying into Birmingham Dublin. Tomorrow, no, I'd say we take the car because we're going over oh. for three or four days. So. Um, yeah. We'll take the ferry from Dublin to Hollyhead and then drive from Hollyhead down to uh, Weatherby. It's about three hours in the car. But it's a bit of an ITV, adventure for the kids as well. ITV Racing Saturday for all our, our, our Getaway Queen fans. Okay. Uh, this is the big stuff. And if she does the business here, Coolmore will be getting the call. <laughs> You're already on this morning. Thanks to somebody <laughs> who put it out on Twitter last night. <laughs> I saw it. I, I, I it on you, yeah. Um, just one of the things, as I wanted to say, and it just struck me again yesterday a bit. Like Robbie Hanley made a brilliant run in the second half, and maybe he was fouled, but he got his shot away for a goal, and someone blocked it, and the ref brought it back. And it was something that was commented, Mark. I watched Middleton and Aaron's own. Uh, I watched the first half of yesterday of the Rockies and Douglas, and then I had to hit for the get it ground. So I didn't see the second half, and I didn't see uh, the Glenn and Emma Killy. Um, but just, it was commented, Joe Cunningham commented a couple of times as well that. The refs seem to be letting the advantage go a bit longer than we're used to. And I, I found it frustrating um, that lads, you know, the passage, five seconds is meant to be the rule, we're told, is it? It's definitely yeah. going longer than five seconds, I felt. Yeah, and, and I was at um, I was at Black Rock. I can't even who they were playing now. Dear McCowan ref the game, and I actually commented two or three times. It was actually Sarah's in Midland, sorry. I commented two, three times during the course of the game that Dermot had definitely gone over the five seconds. And I know it came back to me afterwards that he wasn't overly impressed to be criticised about it. But it definitely is giving the forward or giving the shooter the more, more opportunity. And I suppose, Anthony, to be fair, I think that's kind of right to give the opportunity because if you look at rugby, it really is until the ball goes dead that the opportunity, and if they don't get anything from the opportunity, it does come back. To be given the penalty. So I agree. I know the five seconds is there. It's a kind of an open book, I think, in the course of the game. As a referee, you're going to have to judge. The, you know, so I remember actually 
the, the actual um, uh, the manager of Sayers Myers, the first the first the first uh, free that he gave advantage for, they got nothing for it, and he didn't he didn't bring it back, and you could hear him roaring in from the sideline. We want the free. We want the free. Yep. You know, no, I still don't think that's right for a manager to be shouting in at the referee that the referee do his job like. But that the, I might have had an effect certainly in that game, but there was certainly. Over the course of the games, the referees are certainly leaving going more. But I suppose the one thing I would say is if the referee continues to leave their hand up, I've no issue with that. The biggest problem I have is if a referee puts his hand up, then brings it down, and then brings it back. I think that's a problem for the referee. Okay. I just think in maybe some supporters find it a bit frustrating that they mightn't even look at the ref because the fella may be bearing down on goal. There might be an overlap going on outside him. And they see the action taking place in, and it's either a brilliant block maybe by a defender denies the, the score and then we're back you know they've all cheered for the brilliant bit of defending or the wide that a fella shoots and there was one particular wide from Black Rock yesterday just it was every bit as good a chance as the free because the ball was popped back to a guy and he drove it wide inexplicably from 40 yards and you know I just think supporters might find it a bit frustrating if it goes too long and they're saying ah you know, give the bloody free so and we get on with the thing and, and, they're, and they're watching the game trying to enjoy the flow. Of course, the word that we're reluctant to use as well, common sense, we're reluctant to use that as well because we're not supposed to use that in the GA rule book. Um, I, I, we were involved in club championship yesterday as well and there was a few instances and in fairness to the referee, he stuck by the five seconds, Mark. He stuck by the five seconds and there was an advantage on and there was a goal-scoring opportunities and it was pulled back and... The free was given and it resulted obviously in, in a, a single point, which obviously the opposition are happy about rather than concede the green flag. So um, the anomaly is there, lads. You know, we had it in the championship this year where uh, a potential red card, black card for obviously fouling within the the anywhere where where near, near goals, bearing down in goals. Now you have the situation in the club where again, as we mentioned about party there in, in, and, and the O'Brien's in uh, or, or chap in from Patrick's well that tried mm. to take down O'Sheen, he kept getting away with it. Whereas if that was county championship, he, he would have been gone by half time. to be fair about it. So from that perspective, I think, I mean, the rule book for club and the rule book for the county, I mean, everything should be the same. That's first of all, it should be right standard right throughout. And the second thing is, I think I tend to agree with Mark. I think if the referee has his hand up, Leave the advantage go, leave the advantage go, and it's at his discretion then to bring it back or not to bring it back. Five seconds. Why is it five seconds? Why is it not seven seconds or four seconds? You know, and I think uh, the referee should should be given that autonomy to decide himself: is it advantage or not? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. In fairness, look, if the fellas fouled, and I hear what the Sarsfields manager was saying, Mark, going back, to, you know, <coughs> take the free. We have a good free taker, and we we'll be guaranteed the point. So you know. Um, I see it if maybe if it was going to carry on to a goal or something. But yeah, and to be fair to the well lads, Kimelok blatantly pulled down a few of the well lads near the end of it as well, TJ. You know, it would have been black card penalty as well. Shawnee, Shawnee, did one all right the first half. And yeah, geez, uh, he, yeah, the one you had to go. The one yeah. Mark on, on um, Aaron Gillan. Aaron Gillan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he just took what, one. What Ken is saying there is like, like it's mad to have 
and inconsistency between the club game and the intercounty game. Like, why you have two different rulings? Like, in terms in terms of the play, that that, that, that needs to be tidied up. The refereeing is back to consistency as well. If they're all doing the same thing, it's not too bad. Yeah. At least you know. But when one is doing one and one is doing the other, that's a bit strange. Before we move away from Limerick, very quickly, Dela Mungris had a really really good win in the Premier Intermediate. They're gone senior now. That's something they've been trying for a long time. They have a good side. They've young. There's a lot of work going on there. There's a big development going on there. So they're a team that I think you could be hearing plenty more about <clears throat> over the coming years. Yeah. And on Saturday, Effin won the Intermediate Championship. So uh, the Quades to the fore there. And they have a young forward there, Pat O'Donovan, who's had a great uh, season with them. Like So another another name to, to look out for because he just seems to be getting scores day in, day out. But good good weekends for Effin, Mungret and Kilmallock. So I'm sure the Effin boys and the Kilmallock boys will meet up there. They're, they'll be very near neighbours. So... I said, I said the crack will be good, and Nicky's got a pub there and stuff in 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 F and so. And my cool Patrick O'Donovan, PJ Patrick Donovan, nephew of Conor O'Donovan. Great yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I hope he doesn't hand, I hope he hand passes the ball properly. <laughs> Conor, will be watching that. But uh, I saw him playing at minor yeah. level. Team, I saw him playing at minor level. A great, a great little player, fantastic yeah. score getter. He's had a really, really good club campaign now. He's been really, really powerful for F and so getting plenty of scores every day. Kimelok are lucky to have a few weeks between getting to Hula's and get, going out to Nicky and going out to Clarkie as well. Like, yeah, uh, there's plenty of watering holes to, to, to visit over the, over the coming days. So <laughs> yeah. I said a crack. I said a crack would be good today in all fairness because it's it. Uh, bank holiday as well. Bank holiday as well, yeah. It'd be, it'd be mighty. Couldn't, yeah, we, we, we couldn't be a better weekend to win a county championship, could it? <laughs> Absolutely. Showing our age, showing my age now. We, we won the championship in Clare 30 years ago in 91. Played on the bank holiday Sunday. Uh, beat Scarroff in the county final. It's my first one on, on the field to play winning, and uh, it was a great story. Sparrow, Sparrow had an uncle, Patcho McMahon, Patcho Cock, affectionately known as he was a guest man, North Mercy, you know, he's a great, great character. And he was in the airport, and they'd be getting kind of double time down the airport at the time for working at Bank Holiday, but of course, the system wasn't great. Um, after winning the county final on the Sunday, and Martin Sheedy, our fullback, had to go into work, I think he had to go in eight to two on the Monday uh, but he was getting away too but when he went into the kitchens I think PJ PJ Cock was there with a two bar heater the racing post and he feet, the shoes and socks off up up inside the little cubby hole down off the kitchens and he said who'd be in here for double feckin' time after winning a county final Martin Sheedy he said you know like Patrick, you're having the too bad like he said you know but uh, yeah he was looking forward to getting home for his bank holiday celebrations and, 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 and Usual Mardi Gras after a county final. But there's nothing like it really yeah. is or the day after a county final. It's, it's, it's a magic day. Brilliant. One day, it's always oh, brilliant, isn't it? Magic, magic day. Yeah. You, you, you remember, I don't know, Dale, were you in the bank at the time? Um, the Cork and Limerick Savings Bank in TSB used to have a man of the match on the Monday after the holding and the football finals. And Tomas Mulcahy and myself used to host most of it on top. And I would just have to shake the hands, but... We had fantastic days, and most, I think nearly every team turned up around 12 o'clock, half past 12. And without fail, it was always the losing team to start the sing song about three or four o'clock in the afternoon. But it was a fantastic day of bringing both clubs together, you know, whether it was a West Cork or a City final or an East Cork final, and both teams uh, were looking forward to it because it became a tradition after three or four years. And then you'd have maybe the 20 close fellas, the team, the chairman, the secretary, the managers, and you know, you'll always have a couple of fellas that are going to be there and always get every match. But they were fantastic days out. It was organised 
and there was grub and there was drink for the whole day because Jesus yeah. they were we knocked a couple of great days even though we weren't involved in them Damn, I, I had three years in a row, but down in Kerry, losing, losing the first year, then winning the two teams to the Belly Row Heights for lunch, sponsored by DIB. I think maybe coming in back of Ireland now, I'd want to be careful. <laughs> I'd want to be given, Jesus, what days, both teams again, like, and uh, just Mardi Gras for the day. <laughs> great, great fun. And usually adjourning back to the, the winning parishes uh, local in the evening, you know, so. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And Mark, you'll be. You'll, you'll be producing winners uh, down there. Immokili won't be the winners now anyway, so it's going to be a club team um, that's going yeah. to be coming out to play yeah. Kimelok. So, yeah, I yeah. very very enjoyable game. Friday night, Mark sat down and, and tuned in to you. Um, very enjoyable. Very, I would have thought, I thought Nathan had a good game now, but I thought the second, I text you actually, that the second yellow I thought was harsh. Was that the calling? Yeah. Is that the hero Murphy that got sent off? Is it? <laughs> oh, he's he's the hero since he's about seven or eight years of age. Like Kieran Murphy, yeah, he's like he's, 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 more. He's actually working in the AIB in Middleton, so he's going to get some stick this week, though. Like you know, but um, hero to zero for us. We're calling him after the game. Like uh, he's thirty nine years of age. Yeah, he's a Hmm? He's, a cru- he's a crucial guy for for the way they play and he's involved in all the good stuff they do like. Seven. Last year, Aaron Zone played Black Rock in one of their own robin games and they were about 14 points down. He came on and he brought and he turned it into the game and he brought it back and Black Rock won by two points in the end and they were very lucky to win it. He started all the games afterwards. They went to the county semi-final and they lost three defenders against the Glint injury in the first half. So they were down to your seventh, eighth, and ninth defender uh, to finish the game, and they only narrowly got beaten by the Glen. Now they have been a magnificent team. They were ten points down against the Bells this year at halftime. We came back to get a draw, and against Charleville in the last round robin game, they were a point down four minutes into injury time, and they got an equaliser to put him into the quarter final. And like on on Friday night, there's no doubt it took Middleton the sixty four or five minutes to put him away. There was only two points in it in the 62nd minute, and they had a 21-yard free in front of the goals. They elected to tap the ball over the bar. I probably thought they should have went for a goal. Actually, there was three points in it at the time. But Kieran Murphy was sent off after, I suppose, five minutes into the second half, and it did, definitely didn't have an effect. Then they lost the centre-back, James Flint to injury, and Sam Gilfoyle was forward with off as well. So, the yeah, Arizona were quite unlucky on the night that they didn't have a full deck, I would say, to play with. Um, well, I think, you know, a lot of the neutrals would have fancied Midland going into the game just because of their reputation. But, uh, Jesus, I tell you this much. Aaron Zone are so, so difficult to play against. They're so hard to beat. They give everything. And they were devastated. I, I spoke to Butchwood after the game, coming out of the stadium. They were devastated, Anthony, after the match. Um, but yeah. I suppose it, it was a good advertisement. But in terms of the, the second yellow card... Dela, for me, any player who's on Ayala, you just have to be mm. so careful. I thought the middle fella probably went down a little bit easy, but he still did get a block. Like, if he wasn't on Ayala, I think he definitely would have got a yellow for it, Anthony. But it was the significance of it because it was a second yellow. Um, yeah. And well, you said it in your commentary. Just, if, he, if, he, if he just put his two hands out, he'd have escaped. But he, he did leave the two absolutely. hands. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I still just, thought he didn't do much. Now. Huh? Still thought he didn't do much. Now he, you know. Anyway, it was it was the yeah. turning point, wasn't it? Because, um, 
they, well, it was an advantage, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it definitely turned the game towards Middleton, and they did hold very well for the next ten or fifteen minutes when they went four or five points clear. But Aaron's own bought it back then down to two points, and they had they had a couple of opportunities. Um, but I think overall Middleton probably just about deserved to eke it out. And Conor got a wonderful score at the end of the game, and to push it back out to three points as well. He caught a huge puck out. Soared into the sky, you know, like a salmon, to be fair, and, and turned and stepped it over the bar. But in the overall context, like I've been just looking out for a couple of inter-county fellas. I thought young Sam Perk was really oh, good in the middle of the field. He he played under 20 as well this year in the middle of the field, and he's one for the future, definitely, for me. Okay, yeah, no, I like to hand, Mark. Connor? Yeah. Didn't make enough of a statement for me anyway to want be getting the call up but he'll have another opportunity again in the part next time. Um just same Connell Hain, I suppose really, you know, it has all the touches, has all the ability. But you know, I see TJ Reid getting it one eleven the other day for, for Belly Hill Shamrocks. And like you need your top player scoring the one seven, one eight, one nine every day. Like Connell's getting three or four points. Like I think he got a two points from play, maybe three from freeze, like you know. You just need more. Like Luke Farrell got four from play. Come up with his anger four from play. You know. Yeah, but surely, 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 Mark, surely in a in a in a team situation where you have 30 players on an inter-county panel, Conor Lehan, by the way, Middleton won a county final didn't they, a number of years ago, and Conor Lehan was the major uh catalyst for you that get, win. You get three ten. You get three ten yeah, the same day. So, brilliant. So, he's still he's still He's still in the twi- like he's not he's not in the twilight of his career. He still has something to contribute, if 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 that can be, if that can be, uh, you know, taken from him from, from the point of, view of the panel and and go- is he not a twenty minute player, a fifteen minute player, as as where he comes in and scores that type of point that you say that he scored at the end to to seal the victory for Middleton. I I would have always I know he was inconsistent, but I, I would have rated Conor Lehan as a good player. Oh, and, and, and Ken, 100% agree with you there. And we would all rate Connor as a very, very good player. The problem is that he has probably lost a lot of the faith that supporters would have him because of his inconsistency. So you go back to the Limerick game 2018, the All Ireland semi final. He got a goal at three points in the first 15 minutes of the second half and dragged Cork back into it and put him in front. And then we didn't see him for the rest of the game. He Late in the game, he got a 45 yard. Chance right in front of the goals and he hit it wide. So it's that inconsistency, Ken, that there has been a huge frustration both from management and supporters in in probably supporting Connor. I would suggest now, if Connor was prepared to do a job for fifteen or twenty minutes, like Shane Dowling will say now for Limerick, where you knew exactly what you were going to get when he came on, as Dowling did that on umpteen occasions. Well, yeah, he definitely would have a role. But the question is, Ken. Psychologically, is he prepared to go do the training, do the hard miles, knowing that you're going to be a 15 minute or 20 minute man? That is the big question. That's something that maybe Connor, or sorry, the Kim Kingston and his management will have to chat about, or maybe they won't chat about it at all. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it, as you said, that point, Mark, if he could do more, that's sort of thing, Jesus, because the matches in the Milton Pot, Aaron's owner digging in, and he, he literally called for the puck out, went sky high, pivoted as he can yeah. when he came down, 
and brilliant score out to three again. And uh, you know, if you can yeah. get more of that, there'll certainly be a future for the guy um, back in there again. But as That's you said, bit. didn't see enough of it. I don't know. I watched it all. I didn't see enough of it. Lovely touches at times in that, but I wouldn't have seen enough uh, consistent. You know, Busang, yeah. as you said, Quirk, O'Leary, Hayes, Tommy O'Connell, and the wing back. The wing back was man of the match. I see great camp. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He was very good. Now, so Tommy O'Connell was excellent. Now, I'd have to say he came up yeah. with a lot of dirty ball late in the game when Ian Zona really pushing and Ian Zona was a bit unhappy that Robbie O'Flynn looked like he got fouled maybe a couple of times late in the game and they were looking yeah. for you know those tight decisions you want to go for. Yeah, yeah. it didn't go for Ian Zona in the night. Um, yeah. But I, I think Midland would be delighted to get the victory because that's a local derby with Ian Zona. And everybody knows locally, Erns are very, very hard to beat. And like Midland had a poor showing against Sars prior to that. So they're back in the track now, and they're back into a county semi-final against the Rockies, which is a, which is a big one. It's a big game for, for both clubs. Yeah, not to be harping on, Mark, about the refereeing decisions. I, I said I had to leave for the Getty Grounds at halftime in the other one, and I was trying to listen to a bit of in the car, but then, as we've discovered this morning, Wi-Fi in West Clare is a bit of an issue. So was, but anyway... Um, Again, like I thought Douglas were kind of control. I know they had the wind, were in control. They very much play a sort of a Wexford style that we saw under Davy with sharp passing. Sharp passing. Yeah, yeah, very few up front. Alan Cadigan even way out the field and work and shooting opportunities, which they missed. But like for me, it was a definite free out for the first black rock goal. And then I suppose to get the goal, Connolly again, two goals. In fairness to him, he was really developing into a top player. Um but to go down the field and they, they win the free in, which is a good response to the goal, and then a moment of madness by the forward with kind of a, a, a head a head movement anyway for sure. And Carl has no option then but to, to walk him, and then the Rockies just uh, like this is yeah, like yeah, that's experience and winning last year, the know how they're just never going to lose it after that. See, there was a couple of things now in the course of that game. Like Douglas played with the wind, and it was a gale force win. And they probably should have been seven or eight points to two up at that stage. Now, there was an incident after about 15 or 16 minutes. Owen Cadigan cleared the ball and John O'Sullivan ploughed into him after the ball was struck, right? There was no free. Cadigan stayed down. Um, probably should have got up now, like, you know I mean? but he, he was caught late. But... <laughs> King Mark might have froze. I didn't know if it was me freezing or whatever. He's frozen there for a minute. And he's he was a big caught late. <laughs> I said the Queen is after falling at the last or something on Saturday. She, <laughs> he's he's gone, but yeah, like I suppose Black Rock then kicked on lads and had a big win. And you'll be looking at the Douglas players. You're saying the two Cadigan, Shane Kingston, um, you know, uh, who else did um, Brian Turnbull? I'd be saying that they, geez, they'd be nearly rattling a championship in most counties, but obviously football is big there as well, and they nearly all play it. It's Funny enough, I did yeah, crack club with a great old, with great old twist in the pub after crack club boys on Saturday, back in a stag uh, for Damien Brown. His first year ever, I'd say crack club beaten in both quarterfinals in 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 Clare. So finally, the likes of Podge and Sean and Conor McGrandy's let's have a break, and uh, so they came back to me on Saturday with a great old chat, and we were on about that, like what it has taken out of teams, and it can be tough going, lads, with, with a lot of dual players, and we were talking about it Ken earlier before we went on the air that the Lockmore boys are at it again in tip as well. The dual thing is. He's mighty, and, yeah. and you have to be very proud of what they're doing. But it's hard going. Yeah, the beauty of the Lockmore thing, the beauty of the Lockmore thing is the same management team, same player, same management team, because they're a real rural club. Um, the problem is in other clubs is that there's different managements. Football buying against hurling, hurling buying against football. 
and uh, for the first time ever, actually, Clonmel commercials now who are actually an outstanding football team, as you well know, and could win the Munster Club. Well, capable of doing it. They're doing very well at hurling. They're in the senior B semi final. They're Seamus uh, Kennedy's the main man there, St. Mary's. So they're in the senior B semi final uh, against Killinall, uh, which with, with Larry's team, of course, Temple Derry Kenyon's the favourites there, playing Cashel Kilcormis in the other semi final. So, hot favourites, uh, hot favourites. Management, management, management um, is the huge yeah. thing. In if, if, if it's a dual club, if you have two different managements pulling in different directions, then you have a problem. Yeah, Eero Guinness as well in, in, in Clare um, are, are on for the double. Well, they've obviously, they're into the football final now after the weekend. Uh, very impressive, actually, yesterday. And um, they are in the, they knocked out Six Mile Bridge going for three in a row. They've obviously Shane O'Donnell, they've David Reedy. Um, you know, they have they have a good hurling team now, very few weak links, Liam Curry, uh Kieran Russell, fellas like that. Um so dear meet Nina Kildemona, who have never won it, but Ina Kildemona came together, Ina and Kildemona, Kildemona was for the head with this club. Yes. Uh, Pat, yeah, but they've obviously the McCarthy's, uh David Fitzgerald, Patrick Kelly still in goal. So they they have never won it, but they have won everything up along sixteen minor twenty one. Um, so people are saying, is this, is this their time? They're actually gone completely unbeaten, and they were in the group of five, which was the, the group of death, everyone was calling it. And they, they won every game and drew one. And then they who's with Ian Kilimona, Anthony? Who's with them? Ian Kilimona, uh, Jason McCarthy, Aidan McCarthy, manager, manager wise. Oh, manager wise, Jesus, their own lads, anyway. There's not no outside guy. Right. Uh, they have a bit of football as well now because the McCarthy's play football for Kim Maria Bricken. Um, but a rogue have. An awful lot of dual players like David Reedy, very good in the football the other day. Shane O'Donnell, I think, since he got the knock, has just come back and hurled. He hasn't played the football, but they'd have an awful lot of dual players as well. So it'll be just interesting. They'd have two separate managements as well. You know, they wouldn't have, they'd be very much a football, mm. but they have a lot of players. A rogue one time to, to give it a different outlook. They were good at both, sort of, but didn't win the hurling championships in 1990 now, but they'd be contenders a lot of years. Um, but They'd have maybe 10 guys exclusively football, 10 guys exclusively. But the poor old Crackle Leds had maybe 13 guys doing both, like Lockmore, I'd say. But I, I that, yeah. we, we, would have, we would have won a couple of intermediate footballs. Can we play both as well now? We don't play it at all now, which is, I think, is a black mark on our club, to be honest. Because we always yeah. had football and we always enjoyed it and we don't even feel the football team now, which I think is a, a measure of where we're at as a club in some ways. Um, because it was just taken for, we, we played football and that was it and it was good for us I always felt and won a couple of intermediates went up senior we played in a senior football semi-final but like that we often had the same management for both and the footballs would be rolled out lads, at the end of hurling training and we do a bit of shooting now for the football and it was manageable that way did you ever dabble TJ in the, in the, the big ball? Yeah, a little bit at the very start of the 90s there. I think we had, a bit like ourselves, we were maybe in junior B or maybe a small bit of junior A football. And it was like, it was definitely afterthought, but usually good crack at the end of the year when you're out hurling right. and just be a bit of fun. Now, like in Guy Spillane is the hurling and our lads will play football with Galbally. So that's the connection. But it is challenging there for the dual clubs going forward. And there's plenty of them in most counties now, right? Uh, and, you know, I suppose if you're managing the hurling team, Ken, and you're playing a county semi-final or whatever, and you want those one or two sessions, let's say, do 10 days out or 12 days out to kind of find out a few things, 
and there's a football fixture thrown in, of course it's going to cause hassle and trouble. And you know, even like I suppose we're all the same. Like you want your good players, like the thought of when you're a good hurler is getting injured playing football or getting a knock or whatever is kind of cringe material, isn't it? <laughs> oh, stop the lights, stop the lights. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't let it in and Laura can football. Oh, no, we played football. We won the North Senior Double in 84. In 84, McIntyre was a good footballer. Uh, a great footballer. Centre center back and centre field in the football. Yeah, we, we, well, we played the football all right. We won a minor eight championship. Bonner was on it um, yeah, actually in 96. So, oh God, no, or sorry, 2006. We played the football. We played the football all right. But at, a, at, a, at a poor level now at this stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Marco, yeah, you'll have to get on to Coolmore to see what they improved the uh, the uh, Wi-Fi down in, in uh, so, uh, it took me it took me a while to cop that Wi-Fi was down now but the, the reason for it is that um, Charlie put a little through a triple glaze window last week because there was no lights out the back so I had an electrician in here this morning putting up a light out the back and he decided to turn off, to turn off the electricity when he was making a connection never realised <laughs> he was on the pod so well, that's I'm a good glad, reason I'm to glad. go down there but I'm back now is he on double time the electrician now? Would he be on double time in the bank holiday? I mean, we take him to the race or someday, Ken, for free. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I'm glad to see that Charlie's on the right track and who are breaking windows. That's a good that's a good start to life in the hurling career. That's vital. Uh, I, I, I was walking in Dublin during the week and I got a photograph from herself with the with the lovely slither print after breaking the window I said the first time I thought those triple J's windows didn't break at all like you know <laughs> Mackie, well, Mark, wait, wait, Mark, wait. obviously we were talking about it and, and, and look Blackrock skis it away after that and, and won as they like and uh, Douglas I suppose still the search goes on for them but that sets up a mouthwater and um, the two great semi-finals of fairness she, um, it does I didn't get to see any of yesterday um, in, in the second well, game it sounded like okay. a, 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 a ripping game. Well, um, ebbed and flowed. Your old, yeah. your old amalgamated team, Imokili, the, the division, Imokili, and, and the Glen. And uh, Jesus, Mark, we don't associate Hoggy and Red Cards, Mark. Well, here, here now, right, is the difference between Douglas and the Glen, right? Um, Douglas had a man sent off, right? And unfortunately, they couldn't handle it. And he wasn't of anybody of Hoggy's stature. The Glen yeah. had Hoggy sent off for an off the ball incident. And it actually rose the team. Now, they got the two points straight after it. And from there to the end, Imichilli did certainly up their game, but it wasn't a good day for Imichilli now. The first quarter was one five to five points, but the Glen, the Glen were playing against the Breeze and they had one four score for play and Hoggy got the goal as well. He was on Great fire goal. now in the first 20. Hmm? Great goal. Great goal, I see. I oh, see fan, the paper, yeah. Fantastic goal. Great ball. And three defenders tackled him and he broke free. And again, good refereeing as well to leave the advantage. And he broke free and struck it away into the corner. It was a very good goal and, and he was going well. Now he he's very he was very distraught after the game. And he said it was under no circumstances that he strike with the hurley. Uh, from what we didn't see it, but from what we've been taught is that John Cronin would have been grappling with him and the only way a fella would throw you throw your throw him off, you like, you know. Must have got the tail of the holiday or something like that. That's what I'm guessing now that the umpire saw. But um like the Glendon, you know, they really stuck to the task, but they never left Imichilli get away from and Imichilli never put him away then at the same time. 
I mean, would be very disappointed. They had a 40 yard free in front of the goals, put them a pint up or bring him back to level one. And he hit the ball wide to show you the pressures. And maybe the last of Dickie Dalton, who, you know, would have been a brilliant free taker for him, And this is the, you know, the thing about, we go back to Myers and Sarah's, he's on young with the free taker, and he's very good as well. So, but like, the Glenn stuck with it. And in fairness to them, they got four points from play in, a, I would say, a reasonably low-scoring game. They got 115 in total. But they got four from play in the last seven or eight minutes of the game to eke out the victory by a point. And, um, you know, I suppose the Glen now for the next 10 days will be trying to find every bit of video evidence to try and see can they get Huggy off, like, you know what I mean? That's what yeah. I'd be saying they'll be doing, like, you know, but... Um, they're playing against Sayers now. That's one semi final, and the other semi final is Midland and Blackrock. And I would say, Anthony, if you were asked before the championship started who the four semi finalists would be, certainly, you know, two were in the county final last year Blackrock and the Glen, uh, Sayers under, under new management, and obviously Middleton under Ben O'Connor's coaching as well. So they would probably be the four teams that would be in the semi final. And um, yeah, two weeks' time, Mark, yeah. To fortnight's time now, and I presume it'll be a double header. And I hope that you know that the crowd like there was a very good atmosphere for the Douglas and uh, Black Rock game, but it that petered out. And then in the Glen game, actually, the last 15 minutes, the game came to life in the last 15 minutes. Now, there was a second sending off in the course of the second half as well for Immaculate, and that swung it back, I suppose, to a 14 v 14. And there was a lot of controversy over it as well. There was Hurley's, and sorry, there was an accidental clash or clash. There was a Hurley went flying, and then there was a fellow got struck and then threw it. And anyway, between the linesman and the fourth official, they picked out John Corner for a second yellow card for what we think was an open arm. He was a fellow that was fouled initially. He kept going and he plowed into another fellow, and he got caught in the throat, uh, David Noonan, and it seems it was a second yellow. So it was a second yellow. Rather than a straight red. But like over the course of three quarter finals, there was four red cards over the weekend, which I don't know when was the last time I saw four red cards in the Cup of the Championship. So um, mm-hmm. maybe there's a bit of changing of physicality. And we've been always criticizing or maybe pointing out that linesmen or umpires don't get involved as often as they should with the referee. And certainly we saw over the weekend there was a huge amount of communication with both linesmen, fourth officials and umpires. And I think that's good for the game. I think the clear message needs to go to players. If there's any bit of messing going on, they're going to be pulled up over it. And it was a huge call by Simon Stokes to give Patrick Hogg an Australia's red cab. And Patrick's track record speaks for itself. It's impeccable. And we all know that as fellas who, who played the game and watched the game long enough. The other dirty stroke and Patrick Hargan. So he's hurting, I would say, where like the, the umpires have a job to do. We'd all love to see the video evidence, but you only get 30 seconds to make up your mind in that. And that, that's, that was his decision that Simon Stokes made, Justin. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'd say, yeah, you're right. I'd say the Tomas Mulls of this world are already working on, on how they get Huggy out there for. Um... And it is, it's a funny one. Like Sarsfields obviously performed <laughs> the best in the group stages in Cork. So they don't have yes. a quarter final, but then there's that argument again, isn't it? That the Glen are after coming through a really tough battle yesterday, a test. It's probably yeah. better for you. Do you know? Um, yeah, there's, and, and, there's no and doubt. There's no doubt that a good that a good hard battle. Yeah, everybody wants a battle, and never fought. I know as well, like you know, to 
Yeah. You know, to I suppose come down off the high, they will be very sore and they'll be very tired because they like Rob Downey, his brother Owen Downey, uh, Brian Mylan, the halfback line were unbelievably good yesterday. Now they were brilliant to a man. David Noonan in the middle of the field was excellent, and then Christy Ringsbrand, Sunshine, Kenneth up front had two magnificent scores late in the game to win it for them. So I, I suppose overall it was a really, really great day for the Glen. It was it was probably the most satisfying victory, I would say, for the Glen in probably two decades. I've no doubt in it, particularly for Hoggy. And, and talking to um, talking to Liam Martin actually after the game, the chairman, and he said that the, the players really at halftime took over and, and basically said, listen, Hoggy's after carrying us for 15 years now. And of all times, it's really up to us now to pitch up and do it for Hoggy. And that was really, I think, the mantra the carry the day for the Glen. It, the Sars, they, they're like their neighbours, even though even though the Glen is in Shandoon and Not, Sars yeah. is in McKilly, right? They're actually and the borders of both, like you know. So yeah, yeah. they'll know each other for us well, and that will be a derby in its own right. But I'd have to say, Dale, if Huggy doesn't play for the Glen and, and like Sars are really, really professional you now, this code. They can play ball like they, they don't give away the ball. They're a bit like the Limerick Senior Holland team now, right? They are a good quality Holland team and they don't do panic. They've had huge underage success all the way up along the line. Well managed. Peter Queeley from Waterford is actually coaching him this year. He so this is his um his second club because he was involved with Ron Moore as well in, in Waterford. So I I like Sars will start as hot favourites, I think, in that match. And if Hoggy isn't playing for the Glen, I think the Glen will struggle to do two days in a row, but look, stranger things have happened, but I, I, I'd be fencing Sars on that side of it. Yeah, it's a bit like in Clare, and we, we touched on it before we go, they're looking forward to next weekend, the Bellier, the talk is that Tony Kelly has to have the surgery that the ankle has deteriorated, and he came on in the quarterfinal against Kimeli and won the match in, in, in 10 minutes, and Bellier without him are not the threat. So I think they'd win the championship if they had him, but I, I don't see him winning yeah. it out. It's amazing with a, a massive talisman like that, what they can do. Let's, Elsewhere, looking around, Ken, um, and you'd be all about, you know, that in tip, I suppose, well, we talk about that. The four probably maybe that you'd have picked out are there and smooth water for next weekend. Like, even Kilkenny, and we'd have been looking maybe uh, potentially on looking ahead to the maybe Munster Club, Leinster Club, and the Shamrocks are back there again, uh, beating, beating the village yesterday and, and joined by O'Loughlin's, which I suppose if a lot of us rest at the start of the year, who'd be there and, and like the spectre of, of Belly Hale looms large for the whole country again. I know they haven't been won their county final, but they just are that type of club, aren't they? And it's, 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 I don't know yeah. if, if you saw any of that or you probably just saw reports and that kind of thing. I saw the reports, and of course, TJ hitting 111, as we mentioned already. But uh, an outstanding club team, Belly Hale, you know, played the game at the Rees. You know, you talk about the Limerick Senior Hurling team and, and, uh, Mark alluded there to, to the Sars, but Jeannie Belly Hale, like it's telepathy right through the, the whole field. They don't do panic, savage composure. And I suppose, in fairness to James Stevens, you know, a strong city club, give their absolute best. Jackie gone now as well in transition. O'Loughlin's, of course, always have had the talent at underage level coming through, and Mark Bergen is still there up front. Um, they're, they're a lighter team. You're coming into the heavy end of the year now as well, you know, when you're looking at your bench and you're looking at guys maybe that 
working up to speed maybe two months ago or a month ago, uh, you know, playing in good pitches. Now you have a situation where it's going to be heavier weather. We're due one hell of a bad Sunday as well. We always get them in probably late October, November, and that's going to happen as well. So um, as you mentioned already, you know, that, that, that situation, that divide where Wexford have played their county final, it seems months ago now, and you'll have Valley Hale preparing for a county final. We'll come in fresh into a Leinster Club Championship and, you know, it's 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 all to play for the tip championship, of course, you know. Really interesting now at this stage. Boris Lee pulled out mm-hmm. all the stops to beat and I know and Kelly inspired Mullahoan, but Brendan Matter carrying an injury, he hurt the knee that he had the cruciate surgery with. So the talk is that he's going to be fit. They've lost Kevin Maher, who would be seen as an intercounty prospect. Yeah. Suspension as well, just like Hoggy has got a straight red. I don't know what they obviously will have video evidence as well from that point of view. Um, it was a pulling of the helmet and things like that. But Lochmore and Bursley, great history there, great rivalry. Most of them got and were former pupils of uh, our Temple ladies Moore. in Temple Moore, John Costigan's club brother Perkins. So they have a great rivalry there. I think that's going to go down to the wire. Lochmore, big win, of course, in the football championship. Now in both county semi finals, John McGrath back on song, you know, 4 6 the last day, absolutely outstanding forward. But the big ace in the pack, I think, for Lockmore at the moment is that Lee McGrath has returned from Australia. He returned about a month ago, five weeks ago. Outstanding footballer, of course, captain of the minor football Ireland winning team in tip, but also an excellent hurler on the periphery of the Tipperary seniors. So he is a big ace in the pack, in, in my opinion, because he's taken a lot of the heat off the rest of the McGraths uh, and co up front, Evan Sweeney and these fellas. So I'd have, a, I'd have a slight fancy for, for Lockmore to get to a county final again. But, of course, what a game we're going to have in prospect, lads, with um, Torres Sarsis yeah. and Killian. How, how, are you, how are you calling this, Kane? I mean, this is this is unbelievable. Like. Yeah, Tor- yeah Torres Sarsis have been seen as the form team right throughout the year. But I did see him live playing against Upper Church, and I was a little bit disappointed. I feel there's still, there's still a few kinks in the armour there. They're still dependent on the... Paddy rolling axes at the back, you know, and obviously the pair works uh, up front. They have introduced a few new players, you know, Paddy Creedon, young Darius Daiklin is coming through now, along with his brother Connor. But they seem light, they seem a little light. And uh, Mikey Cahill is reverted to the middle of the field. He brings a bit of power also in there. But they haven't been tested yet. They've got through mid Tipperary. They've gone through the, the the stages of the the round robin in tip. Uh, and the league, they haven't been tested. This is the big acid test now. And obviously, a Limerick or sorry, Kilkenny management team there, Mark Dowling, of course, manager of uh, Dixborough, won, won a county final with Dixborough there. But Mark is a player, uh, was a good player himself. But he's he's a guy that has come in and added physicality to the Torres Sarsfield. Say, hope lads, there's a mm. there was that question about the physicality of the Torres Sarsfield's team. They will need all that in abundance against Kiladangan. You know, Kiladangan are still, in my opinion, the fancy. They're the fancy for um, honours to win to win to win the county championship. The uh, the Willie Connors is you know playing very well in the middle of the field, and of course, the rest of the lads absolutely uh, outstanding. You know, they have a real strong spine. Barry Hogan in goals. James obviously county panelists. Uh, James Quigley at full back, and then of course. You have the, the Gallagher's, Joseph and Ty Gallagher, along with the Flynn's, the twin brothers, Alan and Paul Flynn. They have a very strong, they have four teams, lads. Kiladang yeah. are feeling four teams and have won the Junior V already, are in the Junior A final, 
or sorry, Junior C final, would you believe it? And played Senior B. And both teams played Senior Championship this year. Kiddangan, Gary Egan was the goalkeeper for the Kiddangan B team. So it just goes to show you the strength in depth that they have. And they can call now on all those Senior B players, the Rory Gleasons and co, that could contribute in a big way. So I still have a slight fancy for Kiddangan. It's going to be a big test. Tortoise are coming back into it. And obviously they have added a little bit of physicality with the Kilkenny coaching set up. But um, they're two really interesting semi-finals. They'll be, I think they're going to be rip-roaring games. Yeah, I'd be paying my subscription, I think, to the to, to Tip County Board to have a, a good go there. I'd be looking forward to those. If, if they don't clash with the clear semis, um, and we're in relegation as well, we're in the last chance saloon on Saturday. So I'll have to go to that. Uh, we have to beat O'Callaghan's Mills and then hope we can win the last one. Uh, we haven't actually hurled too bad in the last few games, Castle. We beat Wolf Tones in the group game, but we went down into the relegation and scoring difference. So uh, we're senior for a long, long time. So it's it's, it's scary times for us. But uh, yeah, we, we have Eero Guinness, as I said, at nine o'clock in the morning. Then you have Bellier, um, who a lot of people for me would have been the favourites. But without Kelly, it changes the whole dynamic against Newmarket and Fergus. The, the traditional yeah. kingpins of Clare who have only won one championship maybe since 81, but are strong and tough and... That's a hard, they're both very hard to call, so really looking forward to those in clear as well. Um, so six, six miles Bridget and that? Yeah, they're well beaten by a rogue, well beaten. There was no spark in them at all. Um, they just never got going at all. A rogue were easily the better team. They actually got a late consolation goal the bridge to put a bit of gloss right. on the score. Reedy got a goal, O'Donnell got a goal. They were good, like they've. Danny Russell as well, very good forward. And a couple of their football players are playing really well in the hurling. Good ball winners, you know, Gavin Cooney, these guys, they're inter-county footballers, you know. These guys, Kieran Russell, yeah. these guys are, um, you know, fellas like that are good club hurlers because they know how to win the ball. And with the way the game has changed, striking is not as important even, lads. You know, some of these guys are striking mm-hmm. mightn't be hectic. You know, not being any bit dis- disrespectful to them, but they're very clever. They win the ball, they recycle it to the strikers. Um, and you know, they, they just I mean, even the, the midfielder got injured, Thomas Downs. He'd be actually from near me back here in West Clare, plays football with Cora Clare. I went down with a hamstring, and they were able to bring on Dara Walsh, who spent a couple of years. Dara would have played with UCC Mark in the Cork Championship quite a mm-hmm. bit, and Clare Minor, Clare 21 back in the day, only about 24 or 5. And he has spent a couple of years in the States, but is back. And he came on off the bench, like for Aero Guinness, and like two points from play, and, and forced a brilliant save. From from the bridge goalie uh, Derek Fahey, so like that that they are strong, you know, and um, it'll be yeah. But I know are the are the common kind of but the killer dangin waiting to happen if you like in in Clare around mm-hmm. kill the Mona and so yeah, they'll be great semi finals as well, and that's bubbling up nicely in, in Clare as well. TJ, I have to talk to you about your old charges. Jesus Christ, <laughs> sorry for the language, listeners. What twenty six points poor on Kick and Iron were put to the sword over the weekend with Thomas's. Steaming yeah. towards four in a row, you'd say, TJ. Yeah, I was up actually seeing him. I seen him uh, for their second last game against um, Mellows and like definitely hurling very well forward. You were getting great scores. Um, as opposed to all the other championships where you could nearly name three of the four semi finalists or, or, or the four semi finalists where they would have gone as predicted, the, the four semi finalists in Galway has thrown up huge surprises. You know, I suppose like over the last couple of years. You would have felt that Turlock Moore were getting ready to kind of nearly go and win a county. Sarsfields were threatening. Lee Mellows actually have won one. And then Castle Gare have been throwing shapes. And none of them make a quarter final. So huge surprises there. And then Capitagal, yeah. who've been very close over the last couple of years, 
they got beaten the quarterfinal or um in the quarterfinal. So God be right. yeah. So the, the four teams left will say are Thomas's uh Claren Bridge, Crockwell and Gort. So mm. I said you wouldn't like well I certainly wouldn't have named the four of them at, at, at the start of the championship. So plenty of surprises there. Thomas is a favourites entitled to be uh Kenneth Burke is uh, and Tommy Fisher is coaching them going well. So I would say they'll be happy today. Yeah, but like look, I suppose is the draw is the draw made for the semi finals there, TJ? I, I I didn't see it and I I, I didn't okay. see it on normally get on, on the Thomas's page, so I mustn't be made yet. Maybe tonight it's a I tell you a good one there is my brief spell with stars. I had, just had to pull out the pub was so bloody busy with the outdoor at the time and uh, she's missed three weekends in a row and I, I eventually had to ring Jackson, Joe McGrath and just said, Joe, I just, I, I'm going to have to walk from this. Uh, and I was disappointed as well because I was really enjoying it and great club I felt and real, real yeah. pleasure to work with them. But anyway, had to walk away. But um, of the couple of league matches I was there for, I think I was there for three league games, we played Gart of a Wednesday night and Matty, Matty Murphy's over him, of course. And Les did asses on him. I know this is now early May maybe, right? Because the pubs didn't reopen until the 7th of June. So it was mid-May, early May, about 10th of May maybe, roughly. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday night, and they came over to to over to SARS, uh, the big pitch, the new pitch. And, uh, like, they beat SARS, but SARS were missing six or seven, I'd say. You know, they wouldn't have had Joseph or Kevin or Cooney or, or John even. Um, but anyway, but it was a poor old game, like, you know. And I just said to Matty, cheers, Matty. You could do a bit of, um, there was a lot of arses on view for the Gartlers. Just let, let me just say it like that, right? The best way I do it. Uh, he says, Dale, we'll come on for the run in the North West. And we just, and he's, he's such a character, of course, Matty. And like, I'm looking now, we were coming the third, the third, so, and Capitagal, we played a week later, right? And they were buzzing around the place, over in their own place. They were buzzing. The game plan was slick and the ball was moving. Yeah. I said, Jesus. And they've been obviously beaten in three semi-finals in a row up to that. And like, what Matty's thinking was, I'll have these boys ready for October. And you know, I, I in my own head, I'd say for Thomas's, Gart would probably be the team in the road. The townies in the road from them would be this, the sticky game. Like, obviously, and you were involved at the start. Did you play them in the final, TJ? One of your three no. years? No, no, no. no I didn't. Just before that, they met in the final, did they? Before that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that would be the tricky one yeah. from a Thomas's point of view, I'd say. Absolutely. So just like, there's only five kilometres between the two places. Like, so they're barred and, yeah, and uh, I'm sure that the last couple of years, what uh, Thomas's have done, hasn't been sitting too well with all those guard people, I'm sure. Like, so, yeah. I'm back yeah. in the semi it's normally I'm 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 hoping to be a double header in in Athenry again. That's what it normally would be for for Galway semi final. So yeah, but surprises there. Dale, as I said, John, I, like I just like Turlock Moore. I know Sean and Anne was missing, like, but again for them to get turned up probably would have been a big surprise in Galway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double headers, hopefully proper double headers now. Not an hour and a half between them since the stadiums are back open. Correct. Great to see both teams heading for the dressing rooms yesterday. Interestingly, yes. listen to Care FM. Even though the Junior A final was on back in Milton Mall, there was a football weekend in Clare, obviously, and, and there was other games on. There was relegation on in Cora Clare. Dressing rooms were open. Uh, Clare's were in our county grounds. We couldn't find the keys to the dressing room for the senior football semi-finals. And they got drenched to the skin, like, and lads travelled back to Quilty yesterday. Like, uh, and there'll be COVID symptoms and there'll just be the flu after. Jesus, I don't know, like, we're after coming up with, we're after coming up with a document in Clare from the Strategic Review Committee, we spoke about it earlier in the year that we're elected to look into the workings and we were, we're dysfunctional. Like, and Jesus, for it to go on, like, lads, and, and, and dressing rooms to be allowed to be open, 
for this weekend and for the county senior football semi-finals, the dressing room's locked and they're talking out in the stand. They're just, the mind boggles by with Clare and I won't go too much further except things happen. Was that, was that after, was that after Brian, maybe they got lost after Brian Lohan got an extra three years, didn't he? The Indeed, keys got yeah, lost. Yeah. There was a rumour that the keys were gone to Congre- Congress and they couldn't be opened for Saturday. No, but the excuse was for yesterday. How were they, um, how were they gone to Galway? What? There was no, rumors no. they might have been going to Galway, maybe. We get to that, we get to that. So, look, lads, yeah, great <laughs> weekends, great weekends, hurling, really enjoy. Great to be able to watch these games. Lads. That's the one thing that the pandemic brought us that we got used to. Do it to examine the coverage with the co op stores, as it's been brilliant, Mark, yourself and Gio and, and uh, my old pal, Shawnee. Great analysis as well. And it would Cullum and Ushing then doing the commentaries, and it's been great, great stuff, really great service there. Free as well. You just clip in. Yeah, I went it is, 18, 18 quid to the Clare County Board last weekend <laughs> for the two games that were on. You know, yeah, but but it, I'd have to say the exam the examiner has been brilliant now, to be fair, and there's a huge amount of crowds watching it. And even I missed um, my my nephew Padraig was graduating from school yesterday, his grads were on, they were meeting at half past three. And uh, they, they watched a bit of the match on the television because obviously Imakili would be the same region as us. And they had it on in the background and the tele- they were able to stream it to the television. But it was there were 35 of them there watching the match, like, you know. And yeah. they wouldn't have actually went to the game themselves. But the fact that it was on the television, they said they'd sit down and watch it. So it's yeah. the, the live streaming has been brilliant. And I, and I really hope that county boards and um, whatever the powers that be will allow it to happen into the future because. There's a huge amount of people. And just give you one example. John Fitzgibbon, you, you remember him, right? Yes. Himself and his brother Keon are in Boston, right? And they come back every year at the Glenner in the county final. I met him at the county final last year um, and the year previous. And I actually met him. The Glen were in the minor, premier minor final three weeks ago and the examiner covered it. And Keon was there with his father, Vince, and he was heading back to America a couple of days later. But for people like, and I'm just saying because I know him, but there's a huge amount of people from, from clubs that are living abroad or are living up the country and don't have the time to come down to watch a match or would never fly home to watch them. We need to have that live streaming facility available. Now that the pandemic has made it a really easy thing to do, it certainly has to be promoted, in my view, Anthony, going for has to be promoted. No, 100%. 100% it's been brilliant and uh, it's just you, you, you'd get the examiner on a Monday and you'd get the who played well who did the score and, you know and even talking to the, about the Munger I mean the paper didn't have Paul O'Brien down for a score and just talking to you there before like he got four from play do you know how how, how you couldn't might get the wrong story from just a newspaper report not that the newspaper mm. reports are normally bang on but it is it is it's been fantastic to be able to look at the various levels and uh Again now next weekend with Claire and Tip, I suppose, uh, being the big two. Ken, you were in action in Offaly? Yeah, we're in action in Offaly. We uh, got our bum smacked yesterday, I can tell you, in a big way. Um, we played Bourne the last round of the championship. Uh, we were through to the semi-finals. Um, all right, wasn't on the ball, uh, definitely. And uh, Bourne had to win and had to win handsomely to stay in the championship. They did all that, but... Uh, Shinron had a facile win over um, Kennedy, so it meant that uh, Shinron qualified in the head-to-head actually because Belmont and Balamir Doro uh, Dignan's team they drew, uh, which meant they didn't finish in six points. So Shinron and Bor finished in six points, but Shinron go through in the head-to-head and score average as well if it went down to that. 
Um, we ended up finishing third. We played the second team, which is Kilcormick Kalahi. So we renewed rivalries again with Kilcormick Kalahi after the county final there about six, eight weeks ago, uh, the 2020 final. And of course, a big game, Cool Derry and Shinroan, a local derby. Uh, Brian Carroll, obviously on fire with, with, with um, Cool Derry still. Stephen Kevin playing great stuff. And of course, Shinroan, the Samsons, you've seen them already now. A uh, bit playing Kirsty Ring, Killian, and Jason Sampson. And of course, the Duhans, Connor Duhan and Dan Duhan, outstanding hurlers as well for Shinroan, with, with the Cleary, with all the Clearies as well, which is a big name. Shinroan have a lot of talent, lads, and they are coming strong in Offaly. Uh, Trevor Fletcher is the manager so, there. Yeah. From Ross Grape. So they have come through, they have been knocking the door. And they have played Kilcormick twice, or sorry, played Kildare twice already this year in a league final and championship, and were beaten narrowly. So this is the third time round. So Shinrona are a very good team and could end up turning the table. So I think it's going to be two interesting finals. Kilcormick and St. Rhinus, renewed rivalries. It's been head-to-head for the last couple of years. St. Rhinus have got the better of them the last year or two. But up to then, Kilcormick had been, uh, they had won three in a row, they had uh, beaten uh, Rhinus in a two or three finals. So just a big, big rivalry there. So they're going to be two very interesting semi-finals in two weeks' time, lads. Yeah, and uh, I was actually talking to Trevor on a completely in the bar game as well, uh, Kenny. I was telling him on a completely separate matter. And he was saying they'd need an awful turn of events, Shinroan, but he was hoping that they'd look after their own business. Sounds like you got the boys in a nice little designer defeat there and you'll have them nice and grounded now for the semi-final, in fairness, Chuck. Well, Boran Rhinus, you know, there's always great hot rivalry there. And I can tell you, we were uh, disappointed yesterday with her display overall. And we have plenty to work on. I'll give you, I'll give you that anyway. Plenty to work on. And we're down to the leash final as well. I think Boris Kilcotton, I think, and uh, Ratoni Earl, I think, was it? Our, our meeting up on it. Um, yeah, Boris Kilcotton. Boris Kilcotton had, had a big win over Cam Ross. Cam Ross. Uh, scored, scored 25 points to 112 or something. Convincing winners. Um, Kil- Boris Kilcotton have been knocking on the door. Obviously, we won it in 16. Should should have won maybe one or two since. Back in the final again, they lost the 2020 final to Clock Balakala only, of course, Clock six Bella or seven Bella. weeks ago as well. Same pairing again for the final. Clock Balakala pulled out all the stops yesterday because they were down against Rat Downey Earl. Downey had Earl, lost yeah. a man. And something like uh, the Glen yesterday, Mark, came back uh, uh, to win. Uh, so uh, renewing rivalries again Boris Kilcotton you know we played him actually we took a chance the Friday night before the, the county finals there a number of weeks ago to play against each other maybe eight days before the county final and I actually felt bad about it because we had to take the gamble they had to take the gamble to be to be sharp for the final and they ended up with two dirty old hamstring injuries Stephen Dumphy and Stephen Phelan who were very good players and we came through on skate that's the look of the draw and it mm. definitely militated against them in the county final. Now those guys are back. And Boris Kilcotton have the bit between their teeth. You know, Kieran Comerford, manager and things like that. Clock Bella College have savage tradition. You know, savage tradition. Mm. Willie Highland, the boys, Willie Dunphy, all still flying it as well. Picky, that's, Mar- he, that's Picky's club as well. Oh, yeah, Picky, that's yeah. Picky. And Picky's playing great, you know. And right yeah. down the early in hard luck yesterday, Mark Kavanagh, who obviously you saw as an outstanding Score getter for Cleish uh, for the last couple of years, only a young player, toward crucial ligament injury, you know, terrible disaster okay. altogether. And uh, that's just totally hard luck with for him. But it's going to be a great uh, leash final again. Uh, they're right in the border, they're living with each other. 
It's going to be it's going to be one hell of a game. Great stuff, great stuff. Um, so much to look forward to. A great time of the year. I always love love this time of the year when it's getting the business into that. Um, since we were on, lads, I suppose we, yeah, we mentioned about the finals being played early, and 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 I suppose hopefully next year when we get the split seasons, we might get more. You know, Waterford has been over a while. Wexford, even even me old me old buddies down in Kilmoyley, great win in Kerry again. Like, but they, I think they're going to be waiting twelve weeks for the Tipperary Intermediate Champions. You know, for the Munster Intermediate Club, it's so difficult, like, isn't it, to be. Um, obviously, the referees under under Skippy, uh, De Clout and, and and they had a massive win. They had won too many in in in, uh, in Wexford, and they had a great win down there. But then they decided kind of to concentrate on their hurling first, and then their football. I think down there because they have so many dual clubs. So hopefully that will go out the window. I think I think every second weekend in the counties is working better for for um we say the four counties that we'd be mostly at um it's fine for the Kilkenny's of this world but since we were on lads and since we had the All-Ireland and, and, and all that we've, we've had a lot of old um a uh, couple, couple of lads you know when well Ken got into management obviously like fair shocks in management this year lads obviously the one with the week gone by we'll talk about in a sec but like even I suppose a lot of talk that Derek McGrath maybe even does a bit of talk about Eddie Brennan and then Darry Egan is named as Wexford manager and we were hearing all sorts of names and tip Darry Egan very strongly mentioned there as well. And and then we didn't see Colin Bonner coming from left field. So um unusual ones and those two, two obviously great tip guys, great track records as well with, with teams they've been involved in. You mentioned earlier about Dara still playing in goal for his club and how instrumental he has been in the whole rise yeah. of Kildangan, I think it's been huge. But uh, you know, one we didn't see coming maybe. Yeah, Dara, Dara, like, I mean, and also from Dara's point of view, obviously a very ambitious young man, 35 years of age, still playing with his club. Huge influence in the Kildangan club there as well, you know, at, at obviously a national school principal in Pocon. But I can tell you this much, um, it is amazing what a, a few weeks do, because he took over Wexford. Um, anyone, that, anyone that spoke to me in Wexford, I said he's a very smart young man, very smart tactically, very astute. Good manager, and I'm sure uh, he'll do very well. But I'm sure Darrow would have seen it as saying, geez, Kilkenny might be slipping a bit, Galway are in a bit of turmoil. Now yeah. the tables are totally turned again uh, with King Henry arriving to, to, to Galway. And uh, what what a turnaround, what a change around there. Like Because um, from, from everybody's perspective, this has added huge excitement and huge uh, intrigue to the Hurling Championship next year. Because everybody, every Galway hurler, I'm sure, is turning their heads now and saying, well, where do I fit in here? Where do I stand? Do I stay going? Do I come back? Will I get an, a chance to come in? And I think it's a big call for the Galway County Board. It's a big call for Henry. He's a, We all know Henry. He's a very smart, steady sort of a guy. And here he hit the lure of Galway hurling, uh, lining out against his own uh, county, of course, on the sideline against Brian Cody. Plotting and planning against the TJ Reeds and the Owen Cody's of this world and the Finleys and Co. So I mean, it's going to be absolutely intriguing. The Leinster Championship now, you know, you're uh, always moaning and groaning there. Brian Carr's been moaning and groaning there, but you're always talking about Munster hurling, Munster hurling. <laughs> All the talk now is about Leinster hurling. We the, the spotlight, you know, Matty Kinney staying for for the, for the third or fourth year, I think it's the fourth year, is it with with Dublin? So, yeah. um, and they're making steady progress, but. By God, what a championship is going to throw up. And the round robin, please God, we're all looking forward to the round robin again. Because, you know, oh, yeah. Waterford, and Tip, Waterford and Tip is the first game, lads. You know, in Walsh Park, uh, Liam Cahill with Waterford, Colin Bonner with Tip. 
and that is going to be that is going to be a Skinner, a Skinner, and that's putting it nicely. Uh, and nobody, nobody known more about Watford hurling than than your your old teammate Colin Bonner. You know, yeah, yeah. Colin, great, a great guy, great fella, great buzz in him. Um, and he'll bring the lads around him. He'll bring a bit of he'll bring a bit of fun back into it because maybe that's what was lacking. It, it got a bit. Uh, there was a bit of drudgery there, which can happen, you know, when, you know, three, four years of management, yeah. same thing going on, same thing. Now he, he's going to have to introduce fresh blood. Delighted Tommy Dunn has stayed on. And of Team course, one. Paul Paul Curran, uh, still playing with Mullinahone at full back, you know, uh, a very serious man about his hurling, very serious Tipperary man. And of course, Johnny Inwright, outstanding UCC uh, player, uh, Mark, uh, great Fitzgibbon yeah. player. Uh, one player that we always thought might have made it at senior level, uh, but his brother Eddie came through and did a great job for Tipperary. But Johnny Inright, outstanding Turtle Saracens player, UCC Fitzgibbon player, and an absolutely very smart coach. You know, and Nicky has recommended him highly. Um, he's been involved up there with UCD and meet and Kildare hurling teams. And he's, you know, at the perfect age as well. The players don't know him into the bargain. They don't know what to expect. And I think Colin has put a good package together with strength and conditioning, things like that. And I think it's going to be a really exciting season, lads, for everybody. But I can tell you, this management game has moved up a notch totally. You know, you have a situation now where every county is so high profile and the expectations are going to be huge. Yeah, massive. Mold water. And, and, and TJ, we can't get the inside track here down the clear. Like, I, for a while, I thought it was another clear management being named with Davy. Louis McQueen, Michael Brown, Mike Deegan, Fergal Lynch. I mean, and that, that kind of threw me off a bit, I have to say, around last Tuesday. I was saying, Jesus, how old are the Galway lads going to accept five care lads coming in? Like, So I didn't know whether that was true, but we didn't see the bombshell coming. Funny enough, when Michal, I don't know who declared, he wasn't interested. I made a statement down, Murty's, that don't be surprised as if Sheffield might come into the rectum because around then, it was just confirmed that Brian Cody was staying on again. And... I said, like, Shefflin is out there, like, you know, okay, he's with Thomastown, trying to win an intermediate in, in you know, club over the road from him, and um, he's kind of said he wouldn't manage against Belly Hale, and, and you know, I just said, like, if you're, if you're Henry, it's tempting, there's a lot of good hurlers, and I know they did make an approach before Shane O'Neill got the job, so I wondered, would it come into play, the logistics, I suppose, the two and a half hours from Belly Hale uh, up is, is a bit of a, but... What happened, TJ? Come on, you know, like Kevin, Kevin has you filled in and all this. I'm a little bit the same as ourselves. I was of the opinion, and I sure I told you, I posted, I did think that Davy was getting the job. I think I think Davy confirmed more or less on Friday night that he thought that this was definitely coming his way. It seemed like a late play. Look, Paul Bellew, he's the chairman of the Holland board up there. So obviously, it was his remit to go and meet all these guys and do a good deal for Galway. And he's come up trumps. This is a massive coup for him and for Galway. I suppose nobody knows what's going to happen. That's that's up to Henry now. But it's exciting for hurling, I think, to have Henry on the sideline now. Like he's a huge aura about him. I think if you're what Ken said there, I think if you're a hurler in Galway, like you're massively excited now to be getting a call and getting getting in training with Henry and seeing the dressing room and seeing the carry on there. I just think it's good for the game. I think Henry probably is a small bit mad in terms of this commute, because it is long. Like to go from Belly Hale to Lock George to the training ground, but there is a little bit of madness in all managers, as we well know. Like you have, you, you have to be like so. Um, it's exciting. It's really, really good for the game. Like, like what I said at the top of the show, we're definitely gone 
premiership in, in, in the hurling. It's it's about the manager, it's about the profile. Kenneth just said there that this is kind of new territory now because I think for any club or any county, maybe in the past, you might have had little circle drawn there for trying to work out a commute for a fellow whether it was 30 or 40 or 50 minutes. So this kind of opens up the country to everybody. So look, the reality is what you want in a manager is you want to play for him. Like look what, let's say, Klopp has done at Liverpool. I think there was even Man United oh. <laughs> telling me that you'd love to play for Klopp. Do you know what I mean? And I think Henry brings that and like as I said, it's 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 going to be hugely interesting. Big challenge now for him because that job yeah. isn't easy, and no. you know there's, there's a lot of decisions to be made. Like obviously Joe Kenning has retired. No, Joe has got an injury with his groin as well. Like so, I don't see Joe coming back. But does that come into Henry's thinking? Does he does he have a chat with him? I'm sure he will. And then he's got to put a management team together. And Galway's probably at a stage where there's a kind of a little bit of a a freshening or a rebuild of that forward line to try and get him moving. But I think we all know from, let's say, winning under-17 titles and the club scene up there, there's an awful lot of ammunition there. I think one of the challenges in the past that I thought was there's nearly too much of an abundance of maybe a similar type player, Dale, where you could have maybe 12 or 14 or 15 forwards, nearly the same stature and the same level. So it's getting the balance right, Getting the group right and getting the energy going, but like, yeah, hugely exciting for Galway. I think more than, more than anybody else. Yeah, does he come in, Mark, at a tricky time? No, I'm, I'm just going to be devil's advocate here, and I yeah, I think it's brilliant. Like, he'd be a last in the Sunday game now if, if I'm back there next year. We don't none of us know that, but maybe we'll have a replacement that he replaced during last week. You would know what's going to happen <laughs> at that front either. But no, Mark, like that 17 team, very good team. Might have got a second one, but in Limerick. Look, they nearly caught Limerick down the stretch, I suppose, in that final in 18. And, and who knows what would happen. I, I think Limerick would have come anyway. But, um, you know, Joe's gone. Whether he comes back or not, as, as teachers said, we don't know. But, um, you know, there is a guy, without naming too many names, we know the guy, you know, the Johnny Cones, the Aidan Hearts, the Gerard McInerney's, the, the David Burks. They're not getting younger. Is it a tricky time? They have a lot of underage one, but not, but that, that, many yeah. not too many of them have been blooded. I think they've won three or four minors in a row. Obviously, Cork won this year's one, but prior to that, like they certainly have to have an awful lot of yeah, they have an awful lot of young talent. There's no doubt about that. And um, certainly, we we found some of the decisions last year. We found that Evan Nyland something. We found Evan Nyland not starting last year to be a very strange decision. I thought he was a really good young player that was coming to the fore and obviously a good free taker. And maybe that might have been a toss up between Joe Penning and Evan Nyland to get the starting spot. In fact, if Joe has retired, I think, as a help to Henry, I, I, I can't see him going back for him, to be honest with him. Maybe he's a fellow that he might introduce into the back room, but you know yourself, it's very close, Anthony. You were involved with, with Claire when you were manager and um, a selector with, with players that you played with, and it's a very difficult thing to be that close to the action. Maybe there is time for, for Joe maybe to step away and, and, and clear the head for a couple of years and stuff like that. So I, I think Henry is going to boost Galway, there's no doubt. We were as shocked as anybody that Galway played as poorly last year in the championship. So this year's championship, um, because last year they were the one team that we felt were good enough to beat um, to beat Limerick. So their performance, like when they were beat, I think it was Dublin, they were beat, Dublin beat them in the first round this year. That was a very limp performance, and they were very limp for the rest of the championship as well. So it seemed like whatever Shane had done the first year was, was excellent, but. Certainly last year was very, or this year's championship was very poor. So 
I think Henry, I think Henry is coming in with a team that are possibly top three, definitely in the country. They have the ammunition, and I think Henry is going to bring a breed. And and Jonathan is going to bring. He's going to bring the supporters because I think the supporters may have had a big influence on who got that job. And as no one can question Henry Shefflin, um, he's a, he's a fantastic manner. He was a fantastic player himself. Has all the accolades won. And even on the Sunday game, just what you know, he's a quality guy involved there. I think it's a massive pickup for Galway, and I do think he'll get a tune out of him. And like what he proved in Ballyhale Shamrocks, and it's always very hard to train your own team, but to win to two All Ireland clubs with him straight away into management, I think that's fantastic. I think it's a massive, massive boost. And, and not alone for Galway, it's a massive boost for the game. Ken mentioned about Leinster Championship. It's a massive boost for Leinster, but it's a massive boost for hurling in general that you have somebody of his stature straight into the top level. It sure is. And, uh, you know, he tortured me enough as a player, I think, but my time at Clare and certainly with Dublin anyway. <laughs> He was just such a brilliant player. His vision and, and his movement was just something to behold. His, his, his spatial awareness. And what I love about him as a pundit, and I've got to know him nearly much better as a person in the last few years, is he's straightforward. Um, he believes the game should be played in certain ways. I don't think we'd see sweepers. He, 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 he's still of, of the a very modern in his thinking, but still of the mindset you win your own ball first. And I'm looking forward to see that challenge being brought to the Galway lads as well. And, and, uh, so much to look forward to, lads. Um, and look, the hurling, as as Ken said, we know how great Munster will be. You know, Brian Lohan getting three more years, Limerick still there, new management, hit Liam Cahill staying on, and Cork haven't been in the All Ireland with all the underage. Like, we know Munster, and now we've Shefflin turned into the mix. And what will the camera work be like today? The paper can even be Cody be following around the place with cameras to see. It was so, so it's intriguing. <laughs> Um, and 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 Darry Egan obviously taking over and fresh approach in Wexford and, and Matty staying on in Dublin. So, so much to look forward to. The football lads couldn't even agree to give them a few extra games uh, on Saturday. Well, I suppose it wasn't the footballers' fault. We won't be knocking them to the suits again, of course, and the Nardy boys, of course, they are happy with their uh, Ulster Championship. So, I suppose there will be change eventually there, but it just goes to show, like, as Father Harry used to say it, lads, and I let you go on this, the great Father Harry used to say it to me there, and we'd be chatting and we'd be disgruntled with something that would happen with the board when we were in charge with Clare. And he said, Delo, if there was no players, the GA would still meet. And Delo, do, do you know what I was going to finish on? Was um, Mike Hoolan actually had a very good article in the paper over the weekend. I'm not sure if you got to read it. Um, he's stayed What? But but one of the statements he came out with in that article was going forward for everybody, it's very important that we don't take the hurling out of hurling. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and I mentioned footballers playing hurling in the club scene and, and, and how they're using the ball. Yeah, yes. we have to like in fairness, Aaron Gillan, you know, kind of martial, I suppose, very unlucky not to get Jesus the overhead flick from the line ball to hit the post. Yes. Was a real throwback to what we, you know, a line ball into the edge of the square from his brother and up double two hands and bang off to Barry Hennessy, yeah. you know, where it was and, and, and clear the lines. And I suppose one of the turning points in, in, a, in a good Limerick final. So great stuff, lads. Uh, I think we're back uh, on a regular basis for a few weeks. So 
probably see you again next Monday. Uh, great feed, great. Uh, thanks to all the people that were demanding us back there for the last few weeks. You know who you are, lads, and you'll, you'll have the old fix again for the hour and a half there now, whether you're stuck in the tractor. I have a few boys coming into me, TJ, they're in tractors listening to us, like. They've gone very modern lives with the tractors. Okay, yeah. I've heard of that. Actually, Dilo, I was out for a beer on, actually, Kevin Downs' 30th uh, on Saturday night, and I met... You had a heavy enough weekend, TJ? I had a heavy enough weekend, but I met Big <laughs> Will, the enforcer, in, in town Saturday night, Dilo, and he was kind of giving me, saying we could be doing a little bit more for him there. We, we, we were in back. He <laughs> was getting a shoe, Dilo, there over the last year or two, kind of saying, to kind of say to you, you could do a little bit more. That came from okay. <laughs> a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Brilliant. Thanks a million. Yeah, lads. Peace out. Hello. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. You want to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at irishexaminer.com forward slash subscribe. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.